You are listening to the Book Your Dream Clients Podcast, bite-sized episodes from one coach to another to help you create and scale your business with simplicity. No hustle required. We're in this space where we let sales and success define who we are as business owners. And if we're not careful, we'll let results or lack thereof take over how much we value ourselves and what we do. But what if we turned that around and flipped it upside down a bit and approached sales results and success differently? Dr. Nadia Brown is on the podcast today talking about self-doubt and how we can bust out of the why isn't it working for me mode and emerge into the confident coach and business owner you are meant to be. You are going to love this episode. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Thank you so much for being on the Book Your Dream Clients podcast. I'm so excited to have you on today. Thank you for having me. I was excited to bring Nadia on because I do have a lot of people who listen to this podcast who are just starting and the honeymoon phase of starting your business can wear off quickly and sometimes it can come back and you kind of go in back and forth between phases of yes, I can do this. And what the heck am I doing? Should I quit? Within five minutes, you can go through all of those experiences. So I think it was really nice to have Dr. Nadia with us today to talk about turning self-doubt into confidence. But before we dig into that, would you please introduce yourself to everyone and we'll just get the conversation rolling. Absolutely. So as Lindsay mentioned, I'm Dr. Nadia Brown. I'm the leader of the Doyen Agency, and we are a sales agency where we provide sales support and sales training, mostly to women business owners, uh, service-based, and really helping them to just, you know, build that confidence in making their offers and inviting people to work with them. So how did you get started with all this? I <laughs> love this question, Lindsay, because... <laughs> I always say I was the least likely person to ever lead a sales agency. Um, when I first left corporate and started my business, and like you said, I was in that honeymoon phase and I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I I forgot about that one tiny piece called sales and <laughs> quickly realized that I hated it and I wasn't that great at it. And so after being in that space of trying to do everything but to grow a business and um, failing at it utterly, I made the decision to really focus on improving my sales skills. And more importantly, figuring out how to do sales Nadia's way, because a lot of the training I'd received, I just felt while there were nuggets and gems, it just didn't fit me. And that was part of the reason why I didn't do it. And so once I um, was able to help other team members and uh, companies actually to do this. I had friends that looked at me and they were like, do you realize the impact that you're having doing sales? And I was like, no, because I just did. I was so averse to sales, Lindsay. I just didn't even realize I was doing sales and I was doing it well and I was crushing it. So... (laughs) So after that, when it took several years, like this, I know this is a kind of a brief synopsis, but this was not an overnight journey with the nudging of some really trusted colleagues. They were like, we really think you should consider, you know, going and sharing your journey and all the things that you've learned and helping others so that they don't have to go through what you went through. So here we are. Mm, I love the, 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 the bow you just tied that up with 
you need to go and help others um, so they don't have to experience what you did. And it wasn't about, you need to go make some money. And I think a lot of times we either go with dollar signs in our eyes, or we're afraid of the conversation of selling our, selling our services, our products online. We kind of go with those two things and mm-hmm. we forget that there's actually people who need our help. And if we looked at it as you're serving people more and you're making the journey easier for them, like you took all the, you took all the, a lot of the pain and suffering of the years that it took for you to get there Yes, uh, and you're, <laughs> you're making it short and shorter and sweeter for them. And it doesn't guarantee it's going to be super easy for anybody either, but it's making it easier to do. I, I like to look at it that way better because it can feel really hard to go into the space of, okay, now I have to actually ask for money for something when I have nothing to, I don't have any testimonials. I remember wondering how do people get testimonials if you haven't even worked with anybody yet? It's the same <laughs> as when you're going into the job the job space and you're like, well, how do I have experience if no one will give me experience? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and it just, you're like, well, what comes first here? And and then you go back into the safe space of, well, I'll, I guess I'll just redesign my website again. And I'll just do all these things to keep preoccupy myself from actually selling because mm-hmm. selling is scary. Why do you think, what do you, what do you see with people who come to you? Why is selling feel so hard? And so why are we so vulnerable when it comes to this conversation? It is multi-layered. <laughs> so there is, there is this piece and we a lot of us have heard it and it shows its ugly head in so many different ways, but there's the imposter syndrome and just, am I good enough? Can I charge that? Will people pay that? You know, all those questions that come up. I also think that we as women, particularly, we suffer from some serious amnesia. So it's like, I spent all these years, whether it was in school or, you know, getting education or certifications or just the school of hard knocks and, you know, experience, whether it looks different, because a lot of us take many of the skills from our corporate careers for those of us that were in corporate and use those in our businesses, even if it looks different, but it's almost like we start something new and we just delete all the years of experience, yes. right? And so you, you do have that piece of it. And then obviously, you know, when it's really new, you're like, how do I do all of these things? But I think that's the biggest part is being able to separate the business of what we do, particularly when it's service-based, because a lot of times we are the ones providing the service. And then us from the business, from it being personal. And so sales and a no and all of that feels so personal that is really like, I'm just putting myself out here day after day after day to be rejected. And who wants that? No one wakes up and says, I want to be rejected, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do sales for a living. And I, you know, and I'm like, I don't ever want to go into a sales conversation. And that's not what I say. Like, oh my God, I can't wait to be rejected today. <laughs> but, you know, that's the reality of the world I live in. And so I think really learning how to navigate that. And I also encourage people to put in your your safety nets or your basically your protocols of how you're going to manage on those days when it sucks, right? So mm-hmm. whether it's your coach or your mastermind community or your bestie or whatever, right? You just know 
that trust me, there are going to be days that just don't go the way you want them to go. And you just need to have a contingency plan that when those days happen, this is what happens. You know, I break out the chocolate, I play this song, I go get a massage, whatever that is, because you cannot allow yourself to stay in that place. We all visit that place. <laughs> like you said, sometimes we're up high and five minutes later, we're like, yep. oh my gosh, right? Just don't stay there. It's okay to, to pass through. That's part of, that's your rite of passage as an entrepreneur, but don't stay. Mm. Oh, we just had this conversation with my group coaching students about sometimes things just don't, actually not sometimes, things never go the way you expect never. them to go. It's always <laughs> going to be worse or better. It's never going to be exactly how you wanted. Never. And it's so hard, especially when you're just starting, actually erase that. It's hard when, to not take things personally when you're launching something or you write a copy for an Instagram post that you feel that was really good to grab people's attention and get the conversation going and no one says anything. Crickets. We do so many things. We put ourselves out there constantly. How do we not take those rejections or lack thereof personally? It's not easy. I wish I could say it was easy, but it's not. So here are some of the things that I encourage you to do. Remind yourself that it's not personal. Like you, you have to constantly have that conversation with yourself. Like Nadia, this is not personal. Like these are conversations I literally have with myself. This is not personal. It is not about you. And then also one of the resources I created is what I call a courage diary, because I feel like in sales, we don't give ourselves enough credit for the fact that we had the courage to put ourselves out there in the first place. There's so much emphasis on get the sale, get the sale, get the sale. I get that. That's important. But it takes a lot, like you said, and in our conversation to even put yourself out there. And one of the things that I invite people to do after every sales conversation, especially in the beginning, is to write down the emotions that are coming up. What are the emotions that are coming up? What are the stories that are coming up? Because a lot of times the stories and the things that we're feeling have absolutely nothing to do with the person we just spoke with. It's some some stuff and baggage that we've brought from our past. And so as you do more of those conversations and you start to really see the patterns, then you can take the necessary steps to catch yourself and say, oh, wait, you know, like this isn't about me. This is about that time in third grade when I was on the flight. Like, you know, it's just some of the weirdest mm -hmm. stuff comes up during these conversations. So I think, you know, one of the things that I encourage women to do is to not allow our emotions to get in the way and to really just focus on that connection and that relationship, because that helps to not take it so personal. And the other thing is when you're talking about your services in a sales conversation to really not make it about you. So that's why we give our programs a name, right? So you're almost like in that space of talking about your program as if it were, because technically it is like this tangible thing separate from you. And while you get to be a part of it, it's not you. And so the more you practice that and just go through those exercises and have coaches like yourself to remind you that it's not you, it's not about you and really to, to go through that. But I think practice is going to be the biggest thing. It's not going to happen overnight. No, it's not. And we're, we're in the space where we get on calls with people a lot and we 
are excited because we're one step closer to that contract being signed and that first payment coming in. And it's, you're almost holding your breath from the moment the discovery call application pops in your inbox all the way until the, you go onto your first call with a mm-hmm. client. That's the lifestyle that we, that we lead. And sometimes I think, gosh, are we crazy? Because we live for those moments. And the second that new client comes on that zoom call with the start of the, the contract, we're wondering when the next one's coming in. And we're always wondering when the next one's coming in and mm-hmm. over and over and over and over. And that is a lifestyle that yes, we're, we signed up for. So <laughs> if we also aren't signed up for the part where it's not always going to go our way, yeah. then that's not a fun business to run to, in, in my opinion. Yes, you are going to get people who are going to say, well, I guess I'm not going to work with you because of this or maybe later. And that's okay. It almost mm-hmm. is, you have to just roll it off your shoulder. And I like how Nadia brought up, it's going to, you're going to be tapping into some old memories of, you know, rejection or not feeling like you're good enough. That was a big part of my, my entrepreneur what do they say? It's like the biggest personal development mm-hmm. um, course you're ever going to have to do. And that was me growing up was like, I d- never felt like I belonged anywhere. I never really wanted to hang out with my peers because I, I kind of just wanted to hang out with my grandma and just pretended I was sick all the time. So I could just go over to my grandma's. I just, that's what, that was my <laughs> life. And that's, and, and it makes me giggle when I think about it, but my poor grandma always having to come get me <laughs> and make me, make me food. <laughs> but I just, I just never like felt accepted around the people my age. And so when you are an adult and you're putting yourself out there again, in kind of in a childish way, like, cause it's new again to you mm-hmm. and people are like, well, no, not, not, not today. I don't want to buy your program today. I don't want to work with you today. You're like, scratching those scabs again. And it hurts because you're like, Oh yeah, I remember how it felt to not want to be wanted by somebody right at this moment. And then you have to heal those. You have to heal those, those wounds that you had a long time ago. And who would have thought we would have to dig back into, Oh yeah. When I was six, this happened. Or I remember at recess, this happened, but it is a part of that. And if you're just listening to this and you're like, what are you talking about, Lindsay? Um, What do you mean my coaching business has to do with me being in second grade? It has everything to do with experiences that you had when you were little. (laughs) Everything. Yes. Oh my gosh. Everything. I think, you know, to add to that, Lindsay, some of the trainings, at least that I've seen and things that I've heard that we sometimes internalize is like, you know, we almost don't, not almost, and many times we don't believe what people say. So for example, if someone were to say, oh my gosh, Lindsay, I would totally love to work with you. However, right now, I just, I don't know how I would afford that, right? We've been conditioned in a lot of cases to be like, they're just making it up. Mm -hmm. And then we make it about us, right? They're not telling us the truth. They're just making this up. And then we internalize it. And so I encourage people one, it's possible they're telling the truth. And two, you know, ask more questions, you know, tell me more about that. If, and not to be weird about it, but there are times when I'm just like, well, okay, that's fair. Cause some of our programs, right. Are sizable investments, right. Mm-hmm. They're not, 
And it's like, well, are you open to maybe brainstorming on ways that we could, you could come up with the investment to work with me? And if they say yes, then you know that they're in it, right? So there are ways to kind of do a little bit more digging without being manipulative or making Mm -hmm. a high pressure sales. But I think we also have to really deprogram ourselves from thinking that people are always being dishonest with us. Like sometimes people are telling, there are those that are dishonest, like dishonest people exist. But a Mm -hmm. lot of times the people that we attract that take the time to fill out the form, to schedule the call, actually show up to the call Mm -hmm. are not those people. (laughs) So we just have to figure out like, how do we really uncover maybe some of their concerns, some of their fears that may be there, even if they don't, aren't able to make the investment right now. And I always say, well, this is just the beginning. We're just beginning our relationship. And so thank you so much for making the time to have this conversation with me. But we're not going to like not talk ever again or communicate. You're on my newsletter list. You may be in my Facebook group. You know, you may come to future events because I cannot tell you how many times I've talked to people and they've come back when they were ready, when everything made sense, whether it was the investment, the timing, the whatever. And they said, yes, and we have the opportunity to work together. Hmm. I I think that that opens the door for not today, but maybe tomorrow or maybe next Mm -hmm. year. And that happens a lot. It, It really does. And we don't have to just live for the moment in our business for the yeses for it to happen right now. We, I always say, this is the frustrating advice I can give you, but you have to have patience with everyone and, and yourself because it's, it's not, it's not about you. And that's not fun. That's not a fun business strategy, but it is the most important one to have as we all are in this for the long run. This is not a get rich quick thing. And if that's what you're in for, then wrong podcast, but (laughs) (laughs) I assume you're not listening to this by now anyway, but when we are talking to somebody, let's say they go, let's go, let's say we're coaching somebody and she just had her first discovery call with a potential client and like, they've done all the things they've checked all the boxes. They would be perfect. And they just decided it's not, it's not right for them. And so this coach is totally making it about her because she's human and she just hasn't had the experience yet of, okay, how else can I help her? And how else can I have a conversation with her? She's not thinking that way. She's thinking, what did I do wrong? And when, when is this going to happen for me? That's where she's in. So how can you talk to her? Oh, I would give her a hug. I would probably ask her some more questions, you know, like, what other reasons might someone not say yes today? What are some of the fears or concerns that you know she might have had about saying yes to working with you? And then also, are you going to be here tomorrow? Right? Like, you know, like mm-hmm. I think sometimes with sales, we just don't give ourselves enough time. And I say we because Lord knows I am so guilty of this. I am that go, go, go. I had an idea. Let's slam on the gas 90 Mm -hmm. miles per hour. And it's like, what? So I think that there's that piece. I also encourage people to think before, right? So you, before you go into the conversation, start to think about all the reasons why someone might 
be hesitant to take that next step. And a lot of times it's so easy because all we have to do is think about the time that we made those mm-hmm. investments and, you know, working with a coach or, or consultant or whatever, right? Think about how you would address those even before you get to the investment, right? So you're having a conversation. We're bringing it like we're doing right now, bringing all these different stories, make it supernatural. And then once you get to the investment, it's a different feeling. They still may say not right now, but then I think it's also important. And this is a lot of times where we drop the ball is after the call. Mm -hmm. What happens next? So that could be, some type of follow-up and it is so, and so let me, oh my gosh, for the listeners, because I know every time I say this, most people are like, Dr. Nadia, does this mean I have to call them constantly and bug them? The answer is no. And, and honestly, you can even ask like, Lindsay, what is your preferred way for us to continue this conversation or to continue to stay connected? Do you prefer email? Do you prefer text message? Do you prefer phone call? Like you can ask that question and then put together some sort of sequence. I recommend it as a combination, whether it's phone calls, emails, text messages, snail mail. I know, hello, I'm dating myself, but people do (laughs) put stamps on stuff and drop it in the mailbox to because you're thinking about it. And I would encourage her to just think about how she would continue to build upon this relationship and how, what are the things that she learned during that conversation about this person that still excites her about working with them and to hold on to that energy in her follow-up and creating that sequence and just reminding So I think, you know, when we're having a conversation. So for example, one of my clients that we did sales for at her, one of her events, one of the people, so she worked with, uh, she works with network marketers and this particular person was like, oh my gosh, I cannot, my goal is to make director by end of year. Great. Well, it's now, you know, (laughs) a new year. So (laughs) a great thing to do would be to follow up and say, hey, you know, did you make, you know, our congratulations in order? Did you make director? Right. When it showed you listen. But two, if for whatever reason she didn't, she might now be a little bit more open to getting the support she needs so that the end of this Mm. year, she doesn't have the same result. And I think sometimes we just don't make the time to really think about what happens after the call, after the yes and after the not now or the no, and how we will continue to build upon that relationship so that when people are ready, they're like, I am totally hiring Lindsay because she gets me. Hmm. I love that you brought that up because it is where people drop the ball. And I feel like a lot of it is intentional. They're mm-hmm. like, I'll just let it out to see what happens. And okay. But what if that person is like, yeah, I'm sure she'll reach out to me and let me know my next steps. And then when you don't, they're wondering, oh, they must not have time for me or they don't want to work with me. Mm-hmm. Think about how they feel. Like for me, I need, tell me what to do. Just Mm -hmm. like, tell me what's next all the time. I always tell my husband that just tell me what to do and I will do it. You want to work outside? You want to clean the kitchen? Just tell me I'll do it. And a lot of people have that, especially in our space. They just tell me, give me a list and I'm, and I'm in it. But Mm -hmm. when we get off that zoom call and you're like, all right, I'll leave it up to God or the universe or whatever you're calling it. Well, 
yeah, but God also wants you to take action and tell them mm-hmm. what to do. But we're afraid to get that email that's going to say, well, I'll think about it. Or maybe you won't get a response. Who cares? At least the ball is in their court then. And I, I think that is a big thing. It's like an intentional negligence <laughs> of following up because you're afraid of what yep. they're going to say. Yeah. And we don't want to be a bother and we don't want to, you know, all the things that come up. And I always tell people sales is a long game. I know that we've seen it. We've been to the events. And one of the things that we do a lot is back of room sales. So trust me, I've been to those events. Someone makes an offer and it feels like you're about to be bum rushed, right? People are like, ah, they're running around. I've also been to events where that hasn't happened. And it's not that sales weren't made, but people just needed time to sleep on it. They needed time to, you know, like they just flow differently. And I think it's important to also understand your audience. So even for myself, when we invite, make an extended invitation, I give my, I give myself the time and then I freak out all at the same time, Lindsay. I'm like, oh my gosh, what is <laughs> happening? And then it's like, you know, and then people will come back and they're like, oh, well, I was thinking about it. I already had it on my calendar, you know, had to make sure we got things in place. And that whole time, because they haven't taken the action and they hadn't hit the buy button or whatever, Mm -hmm. I'm over here having my own personal life. And it's like, Nadia, Nadia, stop it. You know, you did this for a reason to give people the space. And then you turn around and you freak out because they're Mm -hmm. leveraging the space that you gave them. And so I think it's really important to just respect people's buying process and to also just understand your community. Some communities move different than others, but I think it's important that we really understand that and respecting the buying process is really huge. But like you said, I love it. And the intentional negligence is so true. <laughs> or we just get an attitude. Can we just be honest? Get an attitude, bump her then, right? Like we just straight mm-hmm. up upset mm-hmm. that she was not ready today. And it's like, seriously, get yourself together. She's yes. fine. She's yes. dealing with her own fears, her own insecurities. And your job is to really position yourself as that trusted friend. I always tell people, when you think about sales, think about having coffee or tea with a friend and having that energy going into the conversation and continuing the conversation afterwards. So take copious notes and figure out ways to really continue to build that relationship. You don't have coffee with a friend and then like never speak to them again. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Like it's just not the thing. And we sometimes just, we divorce ourselves from that thought process that this one conversation is the end all be all. And if I don't close a sale in this one conversation, my life is over. My business is over. I'm a terrible, like all the stories we tell ourselves mm-hmm. and it's just not true. It's just not true. People need time. People need space. And there's just been, and a lot of times people are jaded or they're a lot more cautious. They may have already had a, you know, a negative experience. And the more that you can really show them through your actions and your words and their experience with you, even in the sales process, it really helps once they become a client and then the, you, it increases the loyalty, it increases your referrals, it increases how long they work with you. Like it really does make a difference. I so agree with that. And I love that you brought up, you know, think about their buying process. And if you don't know what their buying process is, or you don't even have anyone who's ever 
you can't, you're not there yet. Think about yours. If you're selling a program for a thousand dollars or $27, five, 10, whatever it is, think about the last time you bought something at that price. And I hope that you have also invested in that amount. I think you have to invest in that amount of money before you ask for that, in my opinion. So I would never say, I think everyone should spend $10,000 to work with me, but I've only spent $45 on my business. I like mm-hmm. can't ask for that. So if I think about, you know, I put out a program for $1,000 and I'm wondering why isn't anyone buying it? Well, let me think. Last time I bought a program for $1,000, how did I get to that point? When did I meet that person online? How long did I have to be nurtured by that person? What kind of research did I do? How many times did I go to their website? Did I buy Mm -hmm. something smaller first? Like think about that whole journey that you've had with the things that you've bought, with the coaches you invested in, with all the, all. And if you're not mapping that out for your people, well, you're missing a big chunk of the map there. Huge. Oh my gosh, Lindsay. I remember <laughs> I remember the first time I invested $30,000 in a program. Wow. Oh, right. I was like, I shall never tell my husband of this. <laughs> <laughs> he shall never know. I just said yes to this, but you're, oh my gosh, the things that I had to go through and all the doubts and the fears and and even after I said yes, wanting to pick up the phone and be like, never mind, forget mm-hmm. it. I know I just signed the agreement, burn it. I'm just like, and it was, whoo, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And I just recently had a sales conversation um, with someone. The investment is a little bit higher. I think it's, I don't know the math right off the top of my head, but I think it's around 30. It, the investment is 3,500 a month, whatever that is times 12. I was like, okay, all right. I don't think we're going to move forward with it. And here's why though. It's not that it wasn't a great investment. I thoroughly enjoyed the sales process. However, mm-hmm. we already have a lot of those things on my team currently. And so it would be a lot of redundance mm-hmm. and, or I would have to release, you know, let go of people that I actually enjoy working with already. Right. So that's the reason why, but it has absolutely nothing to do with them. You know, what they're doing is great. It's definitely something we could use. And it just highlighted some areas of improvement and things that we could do a little bit differently. But it was just like, mm, do I want to take this step and do this? But if I did, it would just kind of upset the apple cart, you know, with right. what we already worked so hard to build. And I think it's an important, you know, that people understand, like, that was a decision and it wasn't... Now, don't get me wrong. It's a significant investment, right? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it was like, we're doing some of those things. And I was honest with you during the sales process. I'm like, well, you know, a lot of this we're already doing. We may not be doing it as well as we could be, right? But I just, Mm -hmm. I need time to kind of evaluate where we are in the business and whether or not that makes the best, you know, the most, the best sense for us at this time. And then I could follow up. And so- Hopefully they don't take it personal once Mm -hmm. we have that final conversation at this time. But I think, like you said, to really just think about your person and what that process looks like. And, you know, you know, at this point I work with business owners that have teams and like, it's a lot sometimes to start, no, I got to release this person and that person or move this person. And I work so hard to find my team. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, (laughs) we're not doing that. We'll, we'll figure out a different way. Mm -hmm. 
thinking about that in another way. You work so hard to build your team and you, it just, you know, it's not right for you at this time. Think about that when someone is treating a $35,000 investment for you, if this might be a thousand dollars for somebody as big of an impact. And Mm -hmm. so we have to respect all the things that are going on in someone's life because you're you're just not right for them right now. And that's okay. We have no idea what people are going through, what, what's coming to them, what they foresee, what they need financially, emotionally, all that stuff. We have no idea. None. And sometimes I think that we get into kind of a, a lack of better words, a spoiled brat mode when things don't go our way, when we're launching or we put out anything like hands on our hips. We didn't get what we wanted. Well, I'm just going to take it personally and, and play my violin. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And like Nadia said, we can pass through that, but we have to keep going. We can't just sit there. And I think we just need some tough love sometimes and saying, get over it and keep going. Mm-hmm. And you have two choices, quit or keep going. Yep. It's, it's totally up to you. There is no magical thing. There just isn't. Nope. And it is a muscle that we're going to have to constantly work on to build. And there isn't a magical affirmation. Maybe it's because I'm not feeling well. And maybe I'm just being like, you know what, you guys, we have to just build up that muscle and we have to be tough and compassionate with other people when they say no to. I think, I think the world needs a lot more compassion and and the internet needs a lot more compassion. So why don't we take a twist on that and say, you know what, let's just be compassionate with people who say no to us too and be different for them. And I think that in the long run, it will work out. That's, that's where I'm, that's where I'm at right now with that. And that feels good. I like that strategy rather than always trying to think of what I did wrong and you know, breaking out, out the numbers and all this stuff. And sometimes it's like, maybe, maybe God didn't want me to be booked out right now, or maybe mm-hmm. God, maybe I have to be somewhere else for the next three months. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm just mm-hmm. here for the ride. Oh my gosh. So I just feel led to share this story right now because I think someone needs to hear it. Whew. I'm gonna try not to cry. So <laughs> <laughs> there was this season And I remember speaking with one of my mentors because it absolutely made no sense and things just were not going right. But also I was feeling led to just say no to some projects and some things and I'm going to go get her. Let's do it all. Let's do all Mm -hmm. the things. Right. And, And I was like, I don't know. This just doesn't feel like I feel like I'm making the right decisions right now and things are just where they need to be, although they look nothing like I want them to look. And fast forward, I would say maybe two or three months, if even that long, I get a call one day that my mom had had a massive stroke and I live in Arizona. My mother lives in Florida. And I was like, what? So the next day I was on a flight to Florida to be with my mom. And I was able to be there for five weeks before we made, while she recovered and was cleared to fly. And then she flew back here and stayed with us for um, another 10 months during her recovery. And yeah, it's just one of those things like you just never know. And so mm-hmm. there were things that I had to say no to, whether it was in, on the investment side or on the, the accepting the client side, because I needed the space to just to be in this new role of caregiver 
And not to mention, I had a five-year-old that was at home because she couldn't go to school. So, mm-hmm. You know, like there were just so many things. And so I think it's really important that, yeah, sometimes it doesn't look the way we want it to look, but we have to give ourselves the space and the grace to also deal with the life stuff that life throws at us. And there was no way, there was no warning. There was no heads up. Hey, you know, Mm -hmm. in July, this is going to happen to your mom. You might want to prepare. Like there was none of that. And so to your point, I think that sometimes we just really have to take a step back and say, you know, this isn't as bad as I'm making it out to be. And like you said earlier, it's not just about the money. And one of the things that I'm so grateful for and having my business is the flexibility and the time freedom it affords me when things like that happen, where I'm not stressed out about losing my job because mm-hmm. I'm not going to be back at work, sir or ma'am for, you know, 10 months. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's also important to just, you know, give, extend the grace to everyone, including your. Thank you for sharing that story. I think it's, it almost, it just puts everybody back into reality a little bit to hear stories like that, because it's, we're not always sitting in our office. Sometimes we picture all of our mentors and coaches online sitting in their office, just, you know, manning the station because right. that's where we see them on, on stories or on video or whatever. And that's, we don't picture them outside of that. It's almost like when you were little and you would see your teacher at the store and you're like, Whoa, she's, right. she actually does human things. Like, yes, we go through stuff with yeah. family and ourselves and there's we there's so many other parts of our lives that we also need space for and you sometimes you're going to need a lot more energy for your kids and we don't even know it something you know might happen god forbid where you're just going to have to spend ac- extra time with them or we just don't mm-hmm. know and mm-hmm. we we are so not in charge here at all at <laughs> all we have to stop pretending that we are <laughs> And just smile and know that we will be taken care of. And it's not all about what we want, really. It it really isn't. I think this is just like a fun thing that we get to do. We get to do it, right? And we're so lucky we can. And it's so important to surround yourself with people like, like Nadia or myself, who I think maybe I'll be bold and say, we have a more realistic approach to business too. Mm-hmm. And I think we need that sometimes because it's not all like, hey, just go find some change in your couch and, and sit there and manifest through the business of your dreams. That's not how it works. No, it's not how it works. It might be fun to do as a fun 21 little day project, but it's not, that's not what it is. It's not, it's so much more than that. It really is. Mm-hmm. Mm. Nadia, how can everyone find out more about you and um, what you do with your agency? So our website is the Doyen Agency. Thank God for show notes, right? Because uh, so, <laughs> no one can ever spell Doyen, but we also have a quiz that I think is really fun called Discover Your Sales Blind Spot. And so you can find that at discoveryoursalesblindspot.com. And on most social media, we're on um, Instagram and Twitter at I am Dr. Nadia. Love it. We will put all of those links in the show notes, of course. Thank you for spending time with us. I'm really grateful for everything, your stories, your wisdom, much appreciated. And I think everyone will love this episode too. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Before you go, I want to invite you to join my free Facebook group for coaches. 
Simply type dreamclientcommunity.com in your browser, request access, and we'll happily let you in. We have amazing coaches in there just like you who are starting and scaling their business, and we would love to see you there.